everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. Have you guys had a good time here? Yeah, I'm halfway, me and my friend. What's your name? Kid Scurry. Kid Scurry. How do you explain Sin City? Oh, that's been going on for years. Can I say prostitution? Yes. Oh, yeah. You got the prostitution. It's legal. Why do you think they call this place Sin City? This is my first time, and you're asking me why... What what goes through your mind? Sin City. Yeah, maybe gambling. Why do you think so? Oh, um, let's see. You're willing to do anything for the money. I think people immediately think of strippers. They call it lost wages, they call it Sin City, they call it, what else? Yeah, the city breeds sin, it just does. I mean, if you're going from the biblical point of view, yeah, yeah, hell yeah, it breeds sin. It's just just the way it is, I mean, it's the nature of the beast. I mean, strip clubs, women's naked on the street. What does it mean to sin? That's a good question, I I would love to know that. I think if I like picked up one of the hookers, that might be a sin. That I wouldn't do. Yeah. Um, the women dancing, yeah. nudie, and right. Oh yeah. <laughs> Why do they call this place Sin City? Well, now if you want me to keep it real with yeah, you, keep, and keep it, it real. Spiritual, yeah, no, keep it real. Because it's a lot of sin, sinful things goes on. If you lining yourself up with the Word of God, look at what people doing here. That's right. Bottom line. Amen. There he is. Milk, coffee, bath, steak. What do those have in common? Well, I'll answer that in a little while. Milk, coffee, bath, and a steak. What do they have in common? I'm in a series called Gambling with God, and I think it's easy to see certain people, and we meet individuals who are gambling with God. Maybe you're gambling with God in relationships, maybe a marriage. You're gambling with God in a dating situation. You're gambling with God as far as your emotions, as far as your finances. A lot of people gamble with God. Others, though, gamble for God. And this sometimes snaps people's heads a little bit, but God is a God who wants us to gamble for him. It's good to gamble for God. It's good to do this righteous risk because God, although God is sovereign, God, although he's omniscient, is a risk taker. Love is a risk. We're not made like robots. We're made to have a relationship. We either choose to love God or not. The question is, are you gambling for God? Joshua, over in the Old Testament, was this difference-making leader who led the children of Israel to the brink of the promised land. Now, you probably know the story. For 40 years, God's people, the Israelites, wandered in the wilderness, and they never made it into the promised land due to disobedience. God, though, allowed them to die off in the wilderness, and then he brought forth a new generation, this Pepsi generation, you know, the new generation. And, and you remember that Pepsi generation? Yeah. Joshua was the guy leading the people into the promised land. So think about it. The people were going to 
enjoy real estate they hadn't purchased. They were going to enjoy vineyards and olive groves they hadn't planted. They were going to go into the promised land. Well, God, being God, always picks leaders. And so often through Scripture, God uses these leaders to give talks, to give sermons, to give pre-game speeches to his people to fire them up. We're going to find out that Joshua told this, this new generation, hey, guys, God wants us to fully obey him. God wants us to be full on. God doesn't want us just to toss a chip now and then his way. No, no. God wants us to be all in. Say it with me. All in. That's what God wants. Now, I'm a why guy. Sometimes I wonder, like, why? And it's good to ask questions. Why? That's right. Why does God want us, you and me, to go all in? Have you ever thought about that? Why? God doesn't want us to give a half-baked approach to him. God doesn't want us just to test the waters. God says, I want you to fully engage. I want you to fully give the totality of who you are to me. Why? I wonder why. I'll answer that question as well as we diesel on through this material. Joshua is camped right near the Jordan River. And, and, and you know he's thinking, well, this is going to be crazy. God is going to lead us through the Jordan River into the promised land. The Jordan River, though, was at flood stage. And I've been to the Jordan River. I've baptized people in the Jordan River. Some of you, when we've been to Israel. And that's a trip. The Jordan River is not some little creek. It's a true river. God tells Joshua to tell the priest to take the Ark of the Covenant. You know what the Ark of the Covenant is? Well, if you don't, it's a, it's a gold box with with two angels facing one another. Inside the box, you've got the, the tablets, the Ten Commandments, you've got Aaron's rod, and you've got a jar of manna. What's manna? Manna are, are those carbs that drop down from the sky when the Israelites were trying to get to the Promised Land. Well, the, the priests made the decision, right? They, they were like, okay, we're all in. We're all in. We are gonna go into the Jordan. Well, Nothing was happening in the Jordan. The waters weren't parting in the Jordan. And the people were like, well, God, I guess you opened up an ocean back in the day, the Red Sea, but you could do it again? Whoa. So they made the decision, the priest did. They had the ark. When they stepped in the water, they first of all had to make the decision, then step in the water. Once they stepped in the water, the river parted and they stood in the middle of the river. Now, it was a dry path. Joshua told everybody, hey, no riffraff, just tiptoe through the Jordan. Yeah, tiptoe through the Jordan. You got to claim the promised land. It is all about God's plan. And all the people over 30 years old are like, what? What are you doing? Anyway, they tiptoed through the Jordan. Two million of them went through the Jordan on dry land. A miracle. So when they got to the other side, they're in the promised land. People are like, okay, what do we do now? 
Is it party time? No, 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 no. You know what Joshua said? Hey, he picked 12 guys from the 12 tribes, probably guys who, you know, were really good at CrossFit. He said, I want you to go down to the bottom of the Jordan, pick up boulders, each guy. You, you pick up a boulder. I want you to take the boulder to the other side of the promised land and make a memorial because God is into memorials. When God steps up, when people go all in, so often through scripture, God says, make a memorial to me. Make a memorial of remembrance because the Bible says in Joshua chapter four, it says this, specifically, Verse six, it says this, this uh, memorial will be a sign among you in the future. When your children ask you, what do these stones mean, dad? Why do you have these big boulders here, mom, on the side of the river? What's the deal? I don't understand. Why these rocks? Why are they stacked up? What's up with that? Kids love to ask questions, don't they? I remember when our kids were younger, we would put a question quota on them. Up, three questions, that's up, that's your quota. People ask questions, children ask questions. And we're only one generation away, right, from extinction as far as the things of God. So it's important to press, to teach our children. That's why we put so much energy and effort and resources into the young people at fellowship. I'm so, so thrilled we do that. Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. Wow. All in. That's what happened. 40 years earlier, the Israelites weren't all in. They were like, I'm not sure. There are giants in the land. Well, Joshua says, hey, it's time to go all in. The land is ours. And we're going to have to open up a can and take care of business and claim the land. The land is ours. What happens when we claim land? What happens when God blesses? So often when we're blessed, it's a test. When it's a bull market, when things are blowing up, when things are happening, when the career is taking off and everything is rocking and rolling, what do we tend to do? I mean, if you're like me, I just kind of have this tendency to kind of start throwing chips God's way. Like, you know, just kind of relying on myself more and not really going all in for God. Maybe that's just me. I doubt it's you, but I'm just talking about me right now. God is a God who wants us to go all in. Yet his children, the Israelites, they start hanging out in the promised land and they weren't really taking care of business. Here's what God said. Don't buy or worship the idols of the neighboring nations. Don't intermarry with the people of the neighboring nations. This book I'm writing, which will come out in January, called 50 Shades of They, I talk about this principle. You hang out with the wrong people, they'll take you to the wrong place, and you'll end up missing God's purposes for your life. Conversely, you hang out with the right people, you go to the right place, and you'll discover God's purposes for your life. The Israelites, and can't you see the young Israelite couples, you know, they're, they're, they're got, they got a little wealth, and 
they start going to antique shops and like, oh, I like that idol. That idol will look great in our den. And oh yeah, that idol will look good in the media room too. And, and they begin to collect all this stuff. And then, and then they begin to intermarry and intermingle with these ungodly people. And, and finally, Joshua is about to clock out. And then Joshua has had enough because here's the principle. I'll say it again in the Bible. Somebody has got to give the all in talk. Somebody has got to say, all right, it's time to get off the fence. Somebody has got to give the all in talk. And Joshua gave it when they entered the promised land through the Jordan. And now after prosperity kind of started messing with them, Joshua goes, hey, hey, ho. He meets with the leaders and he says something that is an epic verse, an epic statement. Joshua 24, verse 15. Joshua says, as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. What was he saying? I'm all, I'm all. And then the leaders were like, Joshua, we're all in too. And Joshua was like, clean out the crapla, get rid of the idols, the jibbledy junk, the tchotchkes, just get rid of it. Turn away from those relationships, turn back to God, fully engage and fully give yourself to God. Don't just throw a chip God's way. You got to say, I'm all in. You remember Esther? Esther had some serious estrogen. The book of Esther. I'm serious, man. This girl was, was, was tough. She was Miss Hawaiian Tropic in Babylon because a lot of the, read your Bible, a lot of the Jewish people were in exile in Babylon and, and they weren't really treated that well. Well, Esther won this beauty contest and the king picked her as his wife. Wow. So here's this king married to a Jewish girl. He has no idea she's Jewish. There was a palace plotter named Haman. I call him, hey man, Haman. He was a hater, man. This guy slurped. <laughs> hater aid. There were haters back in the Bible too. Haman came to the king and played to the king's ego. He's like, king, man, we need to take care of these Jews. We need to, we need to exterminate them. And this, this guy, the king was intoxicated with power and everything. So he goes, okay, okay, I'll do it. Well, Esther hears about it and she goes, whoa, I've got to do something. Now, let me press the pause button. Back in the day, if you walked up to the king and walked in his office and he didn't like, first of all, tell you, you can show up, he would chop your head off. I don't care if you were his spouse, his brother. I don't care if you owned the local football team, the Babylonian bears, he would just chop your head off. Did not matter. Esther said, wow, I've got to do something. And she was, she was motivated by her relative Mordecai. So Esther said, if I perish, I perish. I'm all in. And she walked into the King's office and she because she gave this all in talk, saved her people. You heard of a guy in the Bible named Elijah? Well, there's also Elisha. You mean there's two? No. I mean, they're, they're different names. Elijah. 
Jah and Elijah. I still get confused. That's okay. Well, Elijah, God's man, he was like doing all of this amazing stuff and, and he was God's mouthpiece. Well, as he was getting older, he knew that, that, that he was going to have to pass the mantle on to someone else. Well, he saw that someone else, he, he, um, he had this cloak, kind of like a James Brown situation because he saw Elisha, Elisha had these plows, you know, and he was, he was, he was a rich dude, Elisha. He was plowing with these oxen. So Elijah walked up to Elisha and, and dropped the cloak on him, the cape on him, like the godfather of a soul, James Brown. <laughs> well, you know what Elisha did? He had the first barbecue ever. Read it. Burned his plows, killed the oxen, and, and served up some beans and coleslaw and barbecue. Ed, why do you tell me that story? Because he was all in. I'm burning my past. I have no options, nothing left. I'm not just throwing a chip God's way. I am all in, all in. Wherever you search in scripture, all in. How about Jesus? What did Jesus do? Matthew 3.13, Jesus came from Galilee and he was all in, of course, all in. Say all in with me. You know, Jesus walked 60 miles just to get baptized so he could go all in because at that time, the Jordan was very shallow in certain areas. So he had to go 60 miles to find the deepest spot. And that's where John the Baptist was baptizing. Jesus was all in. He was baptized. Joshua, the name Joshua, God is my salvation. God is my deliverer. The name Joshua and Jesus are synonymous. Joshua, again, is a, is a picture, an illustration of Jesus. Joshua led his people out of the wilderness into the promised land, horizontal. Jesus has led you and me out of the sin of, of, of wilderness wanderings into the promised land, vertical. I'd start clapping right there. I think we clap better than that. Are you kidding me? That's what Jesus has done. Jesus is all in and he demands and commands us to be all in. Again, why, I gotta ask you why, why do you think God demands us to be all in? I never answered that question. You know why? Because God is too vested in the situation. God is, is all in. And, and he cannot stand someone who is not all in. Not that he dislikes the person or hates the person. He loves everyone. He does not want us to miss the best for our lives. So I got to ask you a question about commitment, about being all in. Are you all in in your marriage? Hey, guys, are you all in? Or do you kind of have one foot in the marriage and one foot in, oh, it's, it's, it's the career. Are you married to the career or? Ladies, wives, you married the kids? It's not your first responsibility. Or the husband, are you all in? Are you all in as a couple doing it God's way? 
You all in? Are you all in being a part of the bride, the church? Are you in step with the church? It's amazing. I talk to people all the time about this situation. That that in, in many churches, some of the most faithful people come to church about every other week, some once a month. And especially in churches that are in big cities and prosperous areas, because money simply means options. The more money you have, the more options you have. That's what it means. If I got money, man, if I feel down, I'll go buy something. If I got money, if I'm full of anxiety, I'll just sell something. I'll travel here, travel there, fun fix to fun fix, buzz to buzz, high to high. You know, I just, I just throw a bone God's way, no big deal. I'm not gonna be all in. God, though, wants us to be all in because he wants the best for your life and mine. And the only way for us to discover what it means to be all in is to do it God's way. Simon Peter, <laughs> you talk about a guy that goes, oh, I'm all in. Well, he told Jesus he was all in and he turned his back on him in his most difficult time of need. But then after the death, burial, and resurrection, Simon Peter was reinstated and Jesus talking about all in, right before he ascended, Jesus said this, I want you to go all in. Somebody's got to give the all in talk. And I'm that person at Fellowship Church. Are you all in? Are you all in? And Jesus asked his followers, are you all in? Right before he ascended. And here's what he said. It's so interesting he said this. Jesus said right before he ascended, Go. That means live your life. Go. Be proactive. Go and, and, and share and teach people everything I've commanded you. He talked about making disciples. Then, though, he brought something out very specific, and it's so interesting that he did this, but, but I know why. Then he said, baptize. Baptize people. Why was he so specific about baptism? That's weird, kind of odd, but no, it's not. What happened? The children of Israel crossed the Jordan. The CrossFit boys took the stones and they made a memorial. Every time people saw those stones, whoa, I remember what God did. A memorial, a milestone. Baptism is a memorial, a milestone. It means we've gone all in. The Jews were all in. That's why Jesus said, if you follow me, I want you to go all in, all in. And baptism, the word in the original language, baptizo, means to immerse, to go all in. Some of you need to get baptized. You've never been baptized. Well, oh yeah, I was sprinkled or spritzed as a kid. Yeah, you didn't know what was going on. I mean, that's great. So was my wife. That's awesome. She was sprinkled as a kid, and that's good. But some of you need to get baptized. See, the moment the Holy Spirit comes into our life, the moment we say, okay, Jesus, I give my life to you, the Holy Spirit comes into our life, and the Holy Spirit guides us and prompts us to be compliant with God's word. 
You say something like I do sometimes. And I'm like, oh man, that was a, that was a braggadocious statement you just made, Ed. That's the Holy Spirit of God. Or I'll say something else. Or I'll know the Spirit of God is telling me to say something to someone about a certain subject. It's the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God always, always prompts us to do what the Word of God, the Bible says. The Holy Spirit is never, ever going to tell you or me to do something that's not in sync with God's Word. That's why people are crazy as Betsy bugs who say, God told me, really? God told you? You're going to play the God card? Whoa, because I don't see that in Scripture. Yeah, God told me to wear this blue and light blue striped shirt. Well, I don't, where, where is that in Scripture? Anyway, that's a whole other subject of granola Christians, fruits, fruits, flakes, and nuts all rolled up into one. But the Holy Spirit of God, it's the last time, it's my fourth service. Give me, give me some, some love here. <laughs> I, I, sometimes I'm, I'm so ADD, I'll go off the subject quick. I will, but when the Holy Spirit comes into a person's life, when the Holy Spirit comes in, and when Jesus comes in, the Holy Spirit comes in, the Holy Spirit leads us to do what God wants us to do. The first test of obedience is to get baptized. <laughs> That's it. Go back, children of Israel, the priests, they stepped into liquid. They made the decision, they stepped into liquid. Then, boom, promised land. And throughout the Bible, we see this on and on and on. So Simon Peter, this guy who'd been redeemed, this guy whose life had been changed, he's in Jerusalem and he preaches this moving message, this all-in message, because somebody has got to give the all-in talk. And when the people heard it, I, I love this, I love this, Acts chapter two. When the people heard this message from Simon Peter, like, you saw Jesus, you saw him live, no one is loved like he loved, no one served like he served, totally righteous, God arranged for the wrongdoings of the world upon his shoulders, he rose again, and, and over 500 of you saw him in the flesh, and, and, and he began to give this all in talk. And then the people said this, Acts chapter two, verse 37. What shall we do? That's what the people said. Every time I prepare God. Okay. Here's the message you've given me. What do you want me to do? And then after I answer that question, I can tell you, okay, here's what Here's some application. Here's what to do. So don't tell me just what I need to know. Tell me what I need to do. What do you need to do because of this all-in message? Every one of you, every person here, myself included, we need to take a step of commitment in some area of our life. Because all of us need to go all-in in the areas where God wants us to go all in. And again, I don't know where it is. The Holy Spirit does. I don't know where it is in friendships or in your career or in finances or emotion. I have no idea. God does. Others here need to say, you know what? I'm all in and my step is going to be to go all in in baptism. And we're going to baptize today. 
So the people said, what shall we do? And here's what Simon Peter said. I love it. I love it. Repent and be baptized. Baptism means you've repented. Every one of you, for the name and name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Let me stop here. Why? Let me talk about baptism for a second. Why water? Have you ever wondered that? Why do we get baptized by water? Water represents judgment in the Bible. The Noatian flood, the judgment of God. The flood water swallowing the Egyptians, the judgment of God. Jonah rebelling against God, the judgment of God. It represents judgment. No one here can stay underwater very long. Maybe a couple of minutes. And when I baptize people, I usually hold them under for about, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes to see how long they can. <laughs> no, it's just for a nanosecond. The water represents judgment. Also, the water represents the fact that we've come through judgment because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Also, the water represents represent the, the, the cleansing power of Jesus. We're all in, washed from head to toe. Also, we identify with what Jesus did, the death, burial, and resurrection. Also, we're saying, you know what? I'm on Christ's team. You know, we're not shy, especially now, to cheer for the Cowboys. You heard my prediction. It was, it was a prophetic word, although it's not in the Bible. <laughs> I said before the season started, Cowboys are going to go to the Super Bowl. People laugh, whatever. What are they now, five and one? I rest my case. Anyway, no, I'm, I've said stuff like that before. I was just luck. Don't, don't hold me to that. It's a joke, a little joke, a little joke. Where was I? <laughs> Baptism. Anyway. So Simon Peter replied, repent and be baptized, whatever. And then again, look at this. The promise is for you and your children. We go back to the children again. And then it says in verse 41, I love this. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. If you don't like a big church, you wouldn't like the first church. First church grew to 3,000 people in a couple of minutes. Oh, this church is big. Well, you, you ain't gonna like heaven. Heaven's gonna be big. 3,000 were baptized that day. How do, you make, how do you make this day that day? We're gonna baptize people after the service. And you thought you'd stay dry all day. Nope. The Holy Spirit's saying, get baptized because you've not been baptized. You have in my hair. Really? Yeah, you don't know who I am. Wow, okay. You need to get baptized. Baptism is your first test of obedience. Couples need to get baptized, husbands and wives. Some families here need to get baptized. Single adults need to get baptized. So we're going to make this day that day for many. And the services so far have been awesome here and our other 10 campuses around of people getting baptized. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. You don't have to pray about this decision because it's already commanded. I mean, God's telling you to do it. There's no, I mean, it's like, well, God didn't tell me to be baptized. <laughs> yeah, he did over and over. But then it got, it got really cool because you got people like the Ethiopian eunuch, the African guy, high roller, literally high roller, get it? He became a believer, stopped his Maserati chariot, and the Holy Spirit was just minutes old. He was baptized. He was all in. I think about Cornelius, the first Gentile convert. Cornelius, another heavy hitter, major military figure. The Holy Spirit was just moments old. Boom! He was all in. 
And, and let me, let me uh, uh, just, just, just add on a quick, very convicting word. And this is going to be very convicting when I, when I talk to you about this. Very convicting. You're not going to find this text on coffee mugs or T-shirts or you want, you're not hearing Christian songs written about this verse. This is a definite hard saying of Jesus. But here's, here's what I want to tell you. The aging Apostle John, as he was writing the book of Revelation, it's not Revelations, it's Revelation. In chapter three, he's writing to the seven churches. One church is a lot like this church or our church in Dallas or Fort Worth or Allen or London or Miami or whatever. A very cosmopolitan place called Laodicea. And Laodicea was, was a church and people look good. They smell good. They, they, they wore fashionable clothes, but, but they needed an all-in talk, you know, because, because, I don't know, just so often when, when we have the things of the world, not in every situation, the things have us rather than, than us owning things, if you, if you feel me. So Laodicea, as you study this city, there was a hot springs uh, area kind of near the near the city, and there was an aqueduct system built from the hot springs to Laodicea. When the water got there, all the architects thought, because sometimes architects are wrong, all the architects thought, because architects chase infinity, the architects thought, I love architects though, architects though, uh, I designed it, and they thought, man, when the water gets to Laodicea, it's going to be hot. Well, the water was lukewarm. Hmm. Milk, coffee, bath, steak. I hate it when they're lukewarm. I hate it. God doesn't do tepid. God loathes the lukewarm. And here's what Jesus, and this, I'm telling you, this is a in your grill, step on your toes verse. You're not going to hear a worship song about this. I know all the things you do. You're neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other, but since you're like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I'll spit you out of my mouth. This is Jesus talking. And the word spit means vomit. Jesus wants us to be all in. Are you all in? Are you all in? Many here need to be all in in certain areas. Many of you need to be all in as far as baptism. Are you all in? Because church, so many of you are all in, but some are just content to throw a little chip God's way. But God says, I want you to go all in. The cards are on the table. Everything, everything, all in, all in, all in, all in. Gamble for God. 
Matthew chapter 10, verse 32 and 33. Jesus said, if you show men whose side you're on, I'll tell my father in heaven about it. And we're gonna do something different today. In a couple of moments, I'm gonna get you to stand. And here's one of the cool things about the architects who designed this church. See, I love some architects, you know that. We had some to chase infinity and they designed these incredible buildings, but we just couldn't afford to build them. So, you know what I'm saying? They, they chased infinity. Anyway, the cool thing about the way these things are designed, excuse me, is there's a lot of room. Have you ever thought about that? Between the rows. Have you ever thought about that? It's awesome. It's not like, you know, you're at some Cowboys game, excuse me, you know, excuse me, and you know, all you do is see the person's butt and whatever, whatever. You can just walk just like this, okay. Excuse me. Now in a couple of minutes, I will to get everybody to stand. I'm gonna stand too. And I want every person here, if you know the Holy Spirit of God is leading you, to take a step forward. There's enough room to take a step forward. I mean, just like, okay, you stand up, and just like, a, it could be a small step, boom, okay. And I want you to think about an area of your life where you're going, God, I'm all in. Maybe you have a wayward daughter and you've lost contact with her. And God has said, man, it's time to go all in, to, to work, to do some work, to reestablish that connection. Maybe it's a friend and you know this friend is living out there and they're, they're in this land and they're with idols and, and, they, and they, they, they're with the wrong people. Maybe just, maybe you could text them or call them and say, hey, I would love to have coffee with you and pray and maybe God will give you an opportunity to invite them to church or something like that. Maybe it's your thought life. Maybe it's the different websites that you frequent. You're like, whoa, you know, I'm not, I'm about 90%, you know, in. Well, well, well 90% in is not fully in. Make the step. Now, others here need to get baptized. So what I'm going to challenge you to do when we stand is when I say one, two, three, and we take a step, your step is that first step, but then I want you to do another one and another one, and I'll be down here to give you a high five, and you'll walk right out here, go up there, and we have these baptismal uniforms that we're going to give you. We have changing areas, liquid swagger, long old school shorts. We'll give it to you. I mean, it's cost some money. Just give it to you. That's how I don't want anybody here to miss this opportunity. Well, I'm not. Today is the day. It's a memorial packed with spiritual meaning. We even have two. Some people are like, yeah, I'm not going to get dressed. I just get baptized in my clothes. Cool. This is for your car. This is for your Maserati right here. So. I'm going to pray. And then after I pray and during the prayer, I'll say one, two, three. And when I hit three, you take the step forward. And many of you, I want you to walk forward and you need to get baptized. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you that you're an all in God. And God, we want to go all in for you. And right now, Holy Spirit of God, I know you're sweeping across this environment and all different environments moving us to be compliant with you. And I don't know the situations. 
I don't know the stations of life you're in. But God, as we stand as a church, I pray that all of us would take that step forward of commitment. And I pray that many would push the chips into the middle of the table and go, God, I'm going all in. I'm getting baptized. Father, we thank you for this time. Thank you for listening. And thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.